0: Welcome to the Open Doors podcast. The Open Door Church is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in a neighborhood called Garfield, kind of on the border of Garfield and Stanton Heights. And uh, this podcast today is a recording of Sunday's sermon from March 20th that I gave. My name's John, by the way, and I'm one of the pastors of the Open Door, along with Reverend Cheryl Kellop. Uh, This sermon is on separation and unity and waste and garbage and the myth of those two things. Um, Yeah, you'll have to take a listen. So without further ado, here is the message from this past Sunday. Would you pray with me before we get into our scripture today? Lord Jesus Christ, we believe that you are the Son of God. And we believe that you speak to us in worship, you speak to us in quiet, and you speak to us through your word, the scriptures. We pray that they would be made alive for us today, not simply words on a page or on a screen, but words that enliven our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Waste. It's our theme again. Waste. Waste is caused by separation and isolation. When you hear me talk about waste, you might think I'm talking about garbage or the stuff that we throw out. There's this myth that we can get rid of things in our culture, that there is a such thing as waste. I am talking about garbage, but I'm also talking about people and relationships. When there's separation and isolation, disunity, There's pain, there's suffering, and there's waste of all sorts. There's a great movement in our scriptures, pulling creation together in unity. From the beginning to the end of our scriptures, we find this great theme of unification, finding that all things are very good, as we will see in a moment. All things are created by God. There's another force, of course, in creation, and that is a theme throughout throughout the entire Bible, the theme of disunity, the theme of what is good, what is very good, being pulled apart, fooling us to believe the myth of waste. The whole Christian message is a message that pulls all that is toward unity in Christ. Sin is that which pulls us apart, misinterprets the good creation as wasted and worn out. It isolates us from everything and everyone. That's the root of this thing we call sin. So much has been hard over the past few years. The pandemic, of course. Police violence against black people in our nation. Violence and discrimination against trans people. The summer of the Afghan refugee crisis. The The Ukraine refugee crisis now, and now the very real possibility of escalating war with Russia the reality
1: of nuclear weapons.
0: But I think through all of this, we're all becoming a bit more aware of the connection of all things. Over the past years, I've seen you become more empathic. You've seen injustice and you spot it immediately. We call each other out when we miss it. You recognize the needs within our own community so quickly. You realize that even with our differences around the world, all of humanity is connected in ways much stronger than the ways that we're separated. There's this rhythm in in the creation story this rhythm of connection and unity. When I think of uh, any kind of music, I've always, I mean, obviously I love music, Um, but when we really think about music, it's quite a mystery that we can put things, that sounds, I mean, have you ever heard white noise, just everything going on all at once, that we can separate sounds out and put rhythm to it, and it becomes this beautiful thing. I think music is one of, the, one of the things that points toward a loving creator. Music has a rhythm to it that unifies it, that unifies a piece of music. Creation in Genesis 1 has a rhythm to it as God um, creates day after day. God creates Everything that is in, in the, the story of Genesis 1 in this rhythmic fashion one day,
1: second day, a third day.
0: The rhythm of creation is about connection and unity. And we get to the end of that chapter, and I've, I've talked about this verse before. But it is so foundational to me that I have to talk about it again. (laughs) I talk about this a lot in connection with the farm and care for creation. We get to the end of that first chapter, verse 26. And it says, then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created humankind in his image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Here we find one of my favorite mysteries in scripture. God, from the very start, is a community. Throughout the scriptures, we know that people believed God was in relationship with God's self. Even the word for God throughout the the, uh, Hebrew Bible is a plural word. Elohim is used along with Yahweh and many other words for God. But I am is in Hebrew, uh, it makes a word plural. God, God, the word God in Hebrew is a plural word. As the people of God developed more and more sophisticated ways of understanding this community of God, we developed theology of the Trinity, This triune God is three persons in one. It's always been there that God is bigger than a singular, isolated God. God is a community in God's self. It's always been there. The triune God is three persons in one. Never in history of theological thought, from what I can see, have we believed in an isolated and separate God who exists outside of community. I mean, this, this is pretty crazy, mysterious, incredible to think about. Humanity is created in the image of that God, this relational and communal God, We, created in the image of God, are created for community, for belonging, for connection. We're going to go even further than that. Verse 28 continues on. God blessed them, and God said to them, being the man and the woman, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, here, I'm giving you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth. And every tree with seed and its fruit you shall have for food to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath. I have given every green plant
1: for food. And then God says,
0: God saw that what he had made on the seventh day, indeed, was very good. And there was evening and there was morning. Not the seventh day. The sixth day rests in seventh. Day. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. So point points on the out here, we have the rhythm of creation, day by day. God creates, God says it is good. God creates again, it's good. The rhythm of connection, the rhythm of this masterpiece of music, however you look at it. God creates humanity differently, somehow, mysteriously, in the image of God. And then uh, what I was taught in Sunday school is God looks at humanity and says, "Humanity is very good." But that's not what it says." If you've heard me talk about this before, what's it say? Or if you just want to read it. <laughs> God looks at everything. God looks at everything only after the human beings have been placed within it. God looks at all of it. The unity of creation comes only after humanity is created in the image of God. And God looks at it all. It doesn't pull out, doesn't separate the people and say, you're very good, the rest of it's okay. That's kind of how I was taught things were seen. Good equals, that's good. People are very good. No. God creates the people and all of it, therefore, is very good. Because of the unifying communal nature that God puts into us as human beings. That's the vision that I believe God has for us. God saw everything he had made and indeed it was very good. He didn't, God doesn't say anything specifically only about humanity. Everything else God's declaration is good. Our very goodness is inextricably tied to
1: the whole of creation. Adam and
0: Eve are created from one another, creating unity even among themselves. And they belong to the rest of creation. But we know that soon and very soon in chapter three, sin comes into the world. But what is sin? It's such a weird story that we have in chapter three of what exactly happened, we've already, I've already said what I think sin is. It's separation and isolation. The story symbolizes for us the separation that plagues us as humanity, that plagues creation. Every world religion is seeking to find connection and unity between things that experience separation. Separation, and disunity, isolation, failed relationships. That is sin. This is where our Lenten theme really comes into practice, or comes into the picture. Separation in creation is waste. Throughout the prophets, we see God's people losing connection with God and with justice and therefore losing their land, losing their identity as God's people, experiencing waste. Ezekiel 36, another of my favorite passages, verse 33 through 36. You'll see this uh, on the farm's logo. This week on Thursday night, um, a family came to the farm to work, and AJ asked, how did you, how'd you hear about the farm? I said, we saw this truck, this old truck, I imagine, old rusty truck, she said, I don't know what she said. But it has a little sign on it. And there was a passage where it said, Garfield Community Farm, and I was intrigued. So I looked it up on the internet. And this is the passage that's there in a different translation. This This is from the message translation. Message of God, the master. On the day I scrub you clean from all your filthy living, I'll also make your cities livable. The ruins will be rebuilt, the neglected land will be worked again, no longer overgrown with weeds and thistles, worthless in the eyes of passers-by. People will exclaim, why this weed patch has been turned into a garden of Eden. The farm, you no, know, we're still working on it. We're not done. And the ruined cities smashed into oblivion are now thriving. The nations around you that are still in existence will realize that I, God, rebuild ruins and replant empty waste spaces. I, God, have said so,
1: and I will do it.
0: God is a God of restoration, and re-creation. Ezekiel demonstrates God as the one who brings restoration to worn out, destroyed earth, as well as tired, worn out, and destroyed people. Through restoration, God brings unity and removes sin, separation, in God's restoration, nothing is wasted. Nothing is lost. God's also the God of recreation in Scripture. In Revelation chapters 21 and 22 and other places, we read about this, the mystical vision of John who saw God bringing complete recreation to heaven and earth. In Ezekiel, it's restoration. It's taking what has been destroyed and rebuilding it. That's our work. That's how we join in the work of God. But in Revelation, the end of the scriptures, we see God completely recreate. Here, restoration of what was is not God's purpose. Rather, God brings about a complete new creation, a complete reforming of all that is, all that has been lost all that has been destroyed,
1: all that has been wasted. Nothing is wasted, nothing is lost.
0: Right in the middle though, of this narrative of salvation, lands the person of Jesus. Paul reveals that the Christ, made known in the person of Jesus, is the unifying force that brings all creation together. In Colossians, Paul does an amazing job of lifting up this idea of the universal Christ. Colossians one fifteen through 20 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. Right there, back to our first chapter in Genesis. He himself is before all things and in him all things hold together. In Christ, all things are unified. He is the head of the body, the church is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself again
1: all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace
0: through the blood of his cross. We've heard all our lives that Jesus saves us from sin. Well, it's true, but it's so much bigger than just the things that I did wrong or that you did wrong or the, the, the nitpicky sins that we can get uh, overwhelmed with or bogged down by. That's, that's part of it, maybe, but it's so much bigger. Separation is sin. Separation is waste. Separation is loss of connection to God, loss of connection to others, loss of connection to the earth. But Christ, according to Paul, is the reunification of all that very goodness that has been created through Christ. Christ defeats separation through the cross. Christ brings unity. So the mission of the church is the same today as it has always been. We exist to bring unity back to the body of Christ. Church exists in the world to demonstrate the love and unity of Christ. The open door, one way we felt called to do that is through this simple, project of restoration on three city blocks that we call Garfield Community Farm. Amidst the rubble, amidst the history of white flight in that neighborhood, amidst poverty due to racism, amidst the lack of vision by those who had the means to do something a long time ago, Now amidst a new idea of building $500,000 homes next to our neighbors. Today we demonstrate that restoration is happening everywhere by showing how it happens in small, simple places of our lives. It's hard though. There's no, there is no life without death as the song says that we sing often here. There is no life without death. There is no resurrection without the cross. Paul can't talk about the unity that Christ brings to all of creation without talking about the blood of the cross. I wish he could, but he doesn't. There's no Christ without the death of Jesus. We have to enter the wasteland if we want to see restoration. We have to go down to the depths with Jesus in many ways if we want to see recreation.
1: How is God leading the open door into the wasteland today? Wasteland.
0: Yes, it's a misnomer. There's no such thing as a wasteland in God's very good creation. It's our job to point
1: out what's been mislabeled.
0: Lent is the time to ask this question. As Jesus entered the wasteland of his most difficult days, we too must enter into a time of struggle and discernment of how we as a church will demonstrate God's restoration in the dark places of our world. You have to always be asking that question. Sure, we will continue to work the farm and grow food together. This simple act of restoration has meant so much to so many different people. And we'll continue to do that. But how else are we being called as a community to demonstrate God's restoration? Our session has heard the calls to support refugees long before the acute needs of Ukraine. Some within the church were hearing calls from our mission partners to support ministries in refugee communities. We felt the tug this summer when we saw what happened in Afghanistan. We desire to be connected to people who it's hard to be connected to. We desire to be connected with those uh, crossing the Mexican-American border. We've heard from you.
1: As we continue to discern what this looks like for the long haul,
0: pray pray for the open door. And more importantly, be in prayer consistently for those who are losing homes, who have no home, for refugees around the world. We're created in the image of God, and so are they. Not a little bit less than anybody else. Every human being created in the image of the Creator. There is no
1: waste. We were created for
0: community, for connection. Humanity at our very best, through the work of Christ, we're created to bring restoration and recreation and unity in this world. So this Lent, we all enter the wasteland. Not to let it get the best of us, but to fully dwell within it for a while and recognize that nothing
1: is really wasted.
0: Let's pray. God, we thank you for the vision that we get from the scriptures to live in a certain way in this world, for this broad vision of unity and recreation. And God, we look at the world now and are completely overwhelmed by what is happening, by what could happen. And yet we look to Jesus. We look to you to give us one step tomorrow toward this vision, to give us one more step toward you. God, help us to be okay in this wasteland right now. Help us to be okay because we have each other, because we are unified, because we are connected. Not only here in this room,
1: but all of it is connected. Help us to see your path forward for us. And God, we thank you that we know you because you desire that we be unified,
0: that we have unity in Christ. Help us to rest in that, to hope in that, and to know that deep within our bones that there is unity available to us Unity with the divine, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Thanks for listening in today. And you are welcome to join us for worship, either online um, via Zoom. You can find more about that at our website, pghopendoor.net. Or you can join us in person at the Neighborhood Academy um, in Garfield. You can find more about that also on our website. Our music today, at least here on the podcast, is uh, our band called This Side of Eve. You can check out their music, our music, at uh, www.thissideofeve.com. Thanks a lot.